0: What's up my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today we're talking about catharsis. We're talking about the cathartic power of games. We're talking about the ability of game design to bring healing, to help you get through a hard time, to help you kind of get through a rough spot so to speak whether you're dealing with loss or some pain or a really tough job situation or whatever's going on. How game design can kind of help you through those uh, dark times. And we're talking to Marília Pogiali, and hopefully I said your name right. A wonderful lady from Brazil, a BGDL listener. Marília, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Gabe. I'm so glad to be here uh, sharing my story with you guys.
0: Yeah, this is going to be awesome. You've got a company called Jogo Joy Games. which is a really cool name. You're telling me how that is. is That's Portuguese. Jogo is Portuguese for game, right?
1: Yes, yes. So it's just like a play with the game in Portuguese that is uh, joy, uh, Jogo and Joy.
0: Yeah, so games that bring joy, right?
1: Exactly. That's the mission of my company. <laughs>
0: Definitely. And it's great to, to see some languages other than German and other than English. You know, it's really cool how it's games are such an international thing now that so many people from all around the world are, are getting into this. And I know there's a lot of listeners to the podcast that are from Vietnam and all over Europe and, and Central and South America and like all these different really cool places. And you're from Brazil, but you're living in, in San Francisco right now. And so, well, hey, let's just kind of get into that. Who are you? How'd you get into game design and all all that good stuff?
1: Um, so I am a designer and illustrator uh, from Brazil and um, I've been working uh, mostly with illustration for a, a long time and when I came to San Francisco I worked as a freelance designer and illustration and I wasn't really like uh, working with games. That happened after I lost my son. And that I didn't want to go back to a design job uh, to be eight hours sitting in front of the computer. And and then I needed to create something. And I just remember how much I loved uh, playing cards when I was a child. So um, when I was in college, I did this animation about um, the face cards. And it's a story about a queen that she doesn't have a suit yet and she meets different kings and each one gives her a present <laughs> and she imagines her future with each one of the queens and she doesn't like the kings and she doesn't like what she sees. So, so somehow, like I always uh, had this love for playing cards and card games, but I, I never had the chance to really work any professionally uh, with that. So after my son uh, passed away, I wanted to create something for children, and that's how I got into game design.
0: Gotcha, very cool. And well, first of all, that game you just described, the animation for that sounds like it needs to be a game. I don't know if you're working on that as an actual card game, but that could be a lot of fun to be, you know, this queen trying to figure out, you know, the the suit that you want to be. That just sounds like a game in and of itself. Is that, have you have you worked on that?
1: I haven't worked. For now, it's just an animation, uh-huh. but. I'm seriously thinking that this is my next project mm-hmm. with Jogo Joy and card games. <laughs> yeah,
0: very cool. Now, is Jogo Joy your, your main gig? Is that your main job right now? Uh,
1: yeah, I still do uh, some freelance design and mostly illustration, but uh, Jogo Joy is for what I'm focusing right now, especially right now, while I'm running a Kickstarter campaign.
0: Yeah, very cool, and I've seen the illustrations for for the game you've got you know, on Kickstarter right now, and it looks amazing, like, I really love your art style, you've, you've, you've brought uh, San Francisco to life through that, I wanna talk to you about that later, but yeah, your illustrations are, are really good, and, and so, yeah, just for me, I just wanna give you some compliments on, on how good the game looks.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to uh, that the feedback has being so great about that game.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, let's get into the topic at hand, and it's talking about catharsis and how you know game design and and this whole game uh, industry can can provide such cathartic. I don't know stuff. I don't know what the right word is. Provide catharsis for us. And I want to read the definition of catharsis real quick, just in case anybody is like me and had to look up what it. Like totally meant because I had an idea, but just want to give everybody the actual definition. And catharsis is the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. And so basically today we're going to talk about how how games can help you through a hard time by kind of helping you process these emotions, process the stuff that you're dealing with. You know, whether you're dealing with loss or, you know, maybe you've just moved, maybe you've got some anxiety, maybe your job is really terrible right now and you just kinda of need to process through that. And so Medilia, you know, you mentioned that you lost your son, and, and I'm so sorry about that. I really, you know, it's it's such a tough thing. I've got kids; I can't imagine the pain that you experienced through that situation. And so, if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing with us just a, a little bit of the story of kind of what happened and kind of how things transpired, and then we'll get into kind of the power of of games to kind of that that helps you through that.
1: Okay, so um, so I I came to San Francisco in 2013. My husband was already here and uh, and we had a really hard immigration process. It took us two years and a half to be together. Hmm. But then we finally got to San Francisco. I got uh, some work as a freelancer, designer, illustration. And then I get pregnant, you know, like life is just so good. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, my son was born in 2014. And he was amazing, wonderful, and unfortunately, when he was four months old, he was diagnosed with a really rare case of leukemia. Wow. And uh, and that was devastating. But he, in the beginning of the treatment, he was still doing so well. He was such a strong baby. He, he was like reaching all the milestones as like every normal baby, and he was having some really harsh treatment with chemotherapy and nothing would work. Hmm. We tried different protocols with chemotherapy. Uh, we tried immunotherapy. We tried uh, the bone marrow transplant. Um, we tried alternative medicine. We tried even like some kind of uh, spiritual uh, healing for him. Yeah. And nothing worked. His leukemia was so resilient. And each treatment, like he was amazing in the beginning, but each treatment he got uh, sick and sicker after each treatment. So it was really hard on him, on his body. And it was hard on us also. At one point, we were eight months straight in the hospital without even coming back home. Mm. So it was... A extremely hard moment of our lives. And, um, and at one point, there was nothing more that we could do. We were just harming him more and more. And we were like in this super amazing hospital in San Francisco, one of the best in the whole country, but there was nothing that we could try anymore. So we took him home and we start palliative care and uh, he passed away uh, in our bed uh, three months later. Huh. So that was such a hard process and all this was like one year and a half. Yeah. So we actually uh, saw him growing and we had um happy experience with him. We got to take him uh, outside of the house, we took him to parks and to the ocean. So we we got to enjoy him but it was still like so heartbreaking and devastating everything we went through yeah and um and then after uh he died we were I didn't know what to do my husband was still working and I was um and and I lost my my clients of course, after one year and a half, like they could not wait for me. So I lost my clients. And like I said before, I wasn't really wanting to uh, have a design job in front of the computer. You know, I was so I was so tired. My brain was so like exhausted. There was this deep exhaustion of everything we went through that I just couldn't work as a graphic designer in front of a computer anymore. And then uh, what happened is that I also was really angry and had tons of all these uh, crazy feelings inside me. And every time I would see a parent uh, not paying attention with their kids or getting mad with their kids, it would make me so angry. You know, I, I I wanted like to just wear a sign like the end is near and scream to all the parents like your child can die any moment enjoy, yeah. you know. Right. But I knew this could this was like extreme. But I, but I wanted, you know, I wanted to, to do something. I wanted to to say something, to make some uh, families to enjoy each other better, you know, because I was just hurting so much to not have my son anymore. And then at the same time, I live in a very expensive city, so I had to, to work. I start working in a production of a company that I like here, like they do, um... Um, jewelry they do also uh cards and prints and very funny uh drawings, very funny um yeah like very funny cards. so I started working with them like um just in their production line to make some some money and it was actually really inspiring because uh the owner it was all uh, all a uh, female company the the so it was very inspiring for me to see like this small business. Uh, succeeding and in the same time my husband, he's a photographer and he work, he was working uh, taking pictures all over the city and he would take with me when I was not working uh, at this other job and while he was taking the picture I would just like walk around and visit shops and see galleries and see like stuff again that I haven't seen for so long, you know, like yeah. stuff that I really liked And all that was, like, making me feel like, wow, maybe I can create something. Maybe I can actually um, develop something mine, you know, like, and so then it's, I think it got together this, um, I had this strong urge to create something again, and the same urge of I, I, I have done work for children before with my illustration, so it's something that I always loved. So I wanted to do something for children again, something for families, and that's how Jogo Joy was born.
0: Wow, that is an incredible story. And again, so sorry you had to deal with the, just the tragedy of that that loss and like that's not something any parent should ever ever have to deal with. And we, we live yeah. in a we live in a world where it's it's a reality and that's unfortunate. And um, but I'm glad that you found a way to kind of bring joy uh, through that experience. Right? That um that that thing is all that that experience is always going to be bad. Right? You're always going to look back and, and say that this was a terrible, but that yeah. you've been able to to find a way to bring uh, hope to some people and, and bring hope for yourself, hope for your own family. Uh, and for I love sure. I love that it started with you wanting to just go up and shake parents and say, you don't understand what you have. <laughs> you, know, yes. you know, you just want to shake them, but you can't shake them. That's frowned upon in our society. And so, but you figured out a way to, to bring families together, right? We live in such a digital age where we're all zombies. We're all zombies staring at our smartphones, at our computers, and we just kind of have disconnected so much. And I've talked to so many people in gaming that this was the thing that kind of turned them towards board games is they wanted to spend more time with their families, you know, and get away from yeah. the, the connectedness of devices and all that and so it's awesome that you're helping families do that helping families come together now before before you had this idea for JogoJoy had you designed any games before that had you been into games really up until that point
1: no i have a background on animation and and i think this uh background helped me because mm-hmm. it's not a game but you know like there is some storytelling behind him yeah. behind it there is like a purpose um about it like usually you want to resolve some uh conflict you know in that in that story so i think like i it's i i i don't have a background with gaming but i think the animation helped me a lot
0: oh absolutely I, there's so many things you can learn in in movies and storytelling and animation all this stuff that stuff that translates so well into game design. And also, you know, your background as an illustrator definitely helps. That's something people struggle with is art and paying for art and and finding a good artist. And when you can just do it yourself, well, that helps out a lot.
1: Yeah, (laughs) for sure. sure. It's
0: really helpful. Yeah, it's cool how your background has just kind of created this really uh, good place for you to be to kind of get into uh, the industry. And so just kind of thinking through more on the catharsis, you know, and how game design has has helped you and how it's helped a lot of people that I've talked to and how it could help others. Uh, Tell me about how, how this has helped specifically. you know, uh, How has this been kind of a counselor, so to speak, to kind of help you through the grieving process, through the healing process? How has design kind of helped you do that?
1: I think, so before I, I adventure with uh, card games, so the first games that I did with JogoJoy, they were uh, laser cut games a friend of mine was going to this uh, big facility here uh, that they had all these machines that you can uh, use. And so then like I, I decided to give it a try and I really liked. So I was mostly doing um, mm. memory games, dominoes, tangrams, uh, this kind of uh, wooden games. And so this helped me a lot in the beginning because it was keeping me busy yeah. and it was, it, it was distracting me a lot. Especially because I I was not I I had to focus so much on doing stuff with my hands. You know, I had to sand everything, I had to glue, I had to assemble all the pieces myself. So all this like made me really focus on something different than than my pain. And I think that is was amazing. Um another thing that helped me also was uh, a bit to deal with all the rust, like, cause I was a one year and a half without touching computers or anything. So even like for the games, I had like to do a vector, I had to do all the designs in the computer and everything. So this also helped me like to kind of get back in shape with yeah, my yeah. Um, design, graphic, um, computer work. And and I think something that was really therapeutic for me was because san francisco has a lot of uh, a big a big maker community so there is a lot of craft fairs and stuff and i was really able to get really fast into this uh community and participate of a lot of events and after my son uh my the name of my son is david i don't know if i even mentioned here right now but um yeah so his name is david so after David died, I didn't want to see children in front of me. At the same time that I want to shake all the parents, I, I kind of don't didn't want to interact with kids because it was so hard for me. I would see him everywhere. In, in every kid, you know, there was a little bit of, of him. And it was something so hard. And, and I was actually, like, uh, staying far from friends, kids, you know, friends that have kids and all that. And at the same time that it was helping me somehow, I was not really happy about it because I always loved kids. I I was I was I'm that person that if there is a party, I'm I'm with the kids and not with the grown-ups. So I I think the most therapeutic for me with the games was to be able to speak with the kids again in the craft fairs, to explain them my games, to challenge them for like games. I also had like tic-tac-toes, and this is like a super favorite uh, for the kids, you know. So to play with them, to interact, to laugh. So, this was something that helped me a lot to be with them again.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Wow, you, there's a lot of stuff in there to unpack, and just a few few things that came to mind as you were talking is, you know, one of the things that a lot of people have talked to me about with, with this whole idea of catharsis and game design, and something I've experienced for sure, is, is distraction. Absolutely. it's It takes your mind off whatever horrible thing that it wants to be on. Like, your brain wants sure. to focus on that terrible thing, and this gives your brain a lot of other things to think about, because game design is so all-encompassing. That's what I love about it it's not just one thing it's it's a million things it's all these different things you have to think about and this long process to go through with you know trying new things and, pro- and play testing and prototyping and crafting and like there's so many things to it and, and it's such a good good way to distract your brain I remember when I first moved to Honduras uh, I was working at an orphanage and that organization turned out to be a very terrible place it was just a really bad job and I worked uh, on three weeks off one day I had one day off every three weeks and I worked 6 a.m to 6 p.m. And the people I worked for turned out, after working there just a short amount of time, to be really terrible people in a lot of ways. And so, but I was stuck because my my, uh, children were, at the time, they were living with us and we were working on, with my wife and I, and we were working on foster care, becoming foster parents for them. uh, But at the time, they were legally tied to the orphanage. And so we couldn't leave. And so even though it was a very terrible situation that none of us wanted to be in, I couldn't leave because my kids couldn't leave yet. It's just this, like, really crappy situation. And game design provided such a good distraction, you know, that during the day, if I had an extra ten, fifteen minutes uh, of, you know, well, maybe the the young, I was in charge of the, the high school age boys, and maybe they're, you know, eating dinner or something like that, and I'm just, I just need to be babysitting basically, and I don't have to like actively do anything. I can pull out my notebook and work on a game for ten or fifteen minutes, and all of a sudden, I'm not in that crappy job. I'm I'm working on something that, you know, my mind can be creative and and think about other things and all that. And so that's one thing, you know, when people have. Especially gamers who have talked to me about, you know, oh man, my job sucks, or I'm dealing with this at home and all that. I have actually suggested try designing a game. You know, it might be it might be the worst game ever made, but at least it gives you something to kind of distract you and, and get your brain off of the, the the terrible things that that you're dealing with. Have you have you found yourself like? Uh, Counseling other people who are going through hard times, like, "Hey, you ever thought about making a game? Like, have you have you suggested that?" Uh,
1: I have. Um, I I didn't suggest like really make a game, uh-huh. but I, I definitely suggest like keeping themselves busy and yeah. focused on different things and create something because it's really it really helps.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Whether it's art or writing, like you're painting a picture, like do something creative to kind of get that out of your you know out of your system, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I can see also, uh, so, uh, my son passed away in 2016 and this year I am like in a better, um, in a better moment. Yeah. So, and I can see of how, and, and I started designing this game, uh, San Francisco versus fog that I have right now. I started, I started designing it in the beginning of the year and I can see like how much has been helpful because, um, it's taking all my focus. I like to um, prepare the campaign, you know, to write that everything. Like as you as you probably noticed, my English is not perfect. So for me to write the campaign, it took me like a really big amount of time and dedication, you know, and and do all that by myself. Um, so it's it was really distracting, and uh, of course, it helped me to do all that while I'm living in a better moment where I'm like, I'm not so angry and I don't have uh, the weight of grief so much like I had last year. But definitely I can see like, and I have so much joy uh, illustrating like all the little details, capturing like the details coming out with little Easter eggs in the illustrations, you know, like for example, with the, in the Castro theater, I have like a little uh, poster of the milk, the film over there, Or in the Hayton Ashbury, I have like a little Banksy graffiti over there. So even like finding humor, Mm -hmm. you know, in in the work. So this this is, for me, it's just show how creating this project is being helpful.
0: Yeah, definitely. Another thing you mentioned just a moment ago was community. And how, you know, game design, you, you meet some really great people. That's one thing I love about gaming. It's 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 some of the best people in the world that are gamers. And some of the best of the best are game designers. And that's definitely been my experience, with, especially with this podcast. All the amazing people I've met through these interviews and through Facebook and, you know, through all the different conventions and stuff like that. These are some great people. And so it's so important when you're going through grief, when you're going through hard times, to not isolate yourself, like to not allow yourself to be alone, because that that makes everything worse. You know, if, if it's yeah. if, if it's really bad when you know already, and then you get by yourself, it gets a million times worse. And so, yeah. you know, being able to find people in these communities, whether it's in you know where you live, like you're talking about in San Francisco, you have a really great community of makers and all that, or just yeah. online, you know, and going yeah. to through these Facebook groups and all that. And so, uh, but I just go ahead. I just
1: I'm sorry. That's something that it's important also in the community. It's to be open to receive these people, you know, to be open to hear them, to be like, because sometimes we think that we we can help other people, you know, like they come. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. Oh, go ahead and do that. Oh, no, you should do this. But it's so, so helpful to just like listen, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you are uh, playing a game together and the person like start talking about, I don't know, uh, like my case, like the son that died or oh, uh, I am uh, depressed, oh, I'm going through this. So not to try to just like cut this and try like to revert to a fun environment, you know, but just like take the time to listen to that person and to, to give that person that moment, you know, because sometimes like we just need to put it out a bit and then soon after we'll be back to having fun again and saying jokes and all that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's also important not to try to fix people. You know, a lot of times, especially, uh, I think it's more, maybe more so with men than women, but we want to fix stuff. You know, and like when... when Women off. (laughs) I, uh, just speaking from experience, when somebody presents to me a problem or something they're dealing with, like the first thing for me is like, "Oh, well, here's how you could fix that issue," and that's a lot of times not the best thing. And so, just like you're saying, just listening to people, just being someone that's there for them. You know, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine a while back, uh, and she's a physical therapist, and she we were talking about how like, how you overcome certain injuries and how you rehab and different things like that, and she was telling me about some of the exercises they do uh, for people who have broken their legs, and or broken a leg. And she was telling me about some of these exercises that, like, seem to be dangerous. Like, if you had just come off surgery, like, I was like, are you sure about doing some of these exercises? I feel like people would get hurt because they haven't, maybe hadn't walked in a month or something like that. And she said, wow. "And so I asked her, I said, well, how do you keep people from, like, falling down? How do you keep them from losing their balance? And she said, well, the cool thing about the human body is it only takes about five pounds of pressure to keep somebody from falling over. Like, really, all you have to do is reach out your hand, and if they're about to fall, you just kind of put your hand on their shoulder or their back, you know, or or wherever, and you Uh apply about five pounds of pressure, and they'll catch their balance. And I was like, you've got – like, there's no way. Like, you're telling me a 250-pound man who's falling over, all it takes is five pounds. And she said, yeah, it's crazy. It only takes about five pounds of pressure. And I thought, you know, just as a metaphor, how many people in life right now just need five pounds of pressure? You know, that they're falling, their job's crazy, their life is crazy, they're dealing with stuff all over the place, and they just need somebody – to reach out and put five pounds of pressure on them to say no no you're not alone no i'm here yeah you know i I'll, i'm I'll, you know I'll, tell me I'll, I'll listen like whatever but yeah and just take find, your
1: time i'm yeah, here whenever exactly. you need right yeah. and just
0: finding ways to apply just five pounds i mean that's not that's not that much you know your head weighs yeah. more than five pounds right and so like just five pounds of pressure and i think through these communities that that gaming and game design opens up we can do that right because one. You're at the table. You're sitting around the table. You're maybe having some uh, snacks. You're eating. You're talking. You're telling stories. You're laughing. You're playing a game, and it provides really cool, a really cool atmosphere to just reach out and put that five pounds of pressure on somebody that maybe, maybe they're going through something crazy that you can't even imagine. You know, it yeah. gives you that, that that chance. And whether it's online or you know digital or actually in person, you know, I feel like this, as much if not more than any other hobby, gives us that opportunity. And so. It, has that kind of been what you have found and what maybe maybe there are people that you found come alongside you and just kind of put five pounds of pressure on you during that these you know these these moments have you found that to be the case
1: for sure for sure um especially in that um in that job that i that i that that i had right after my my son uh mm-hmm. my son passed away so it was like these four girls. Sitting on the the table, just like doing stuff the whole day, listening to podcasts, you know, and many times he would speak, and uh, and I was very afraid of like start crying, you know, like at any point. So I so the first opportunity that I had to to tell them about my son, I I, I talked about it, you know, I I put on the table like uh, my son just died, we were in the hospital for so long, this 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 and this happened and uh, so if, if, if you see something weird like that you don't know why I'm reacting like that that's why and it was so helpful for me I don't I don't think they they realize how helpful it was for them to just like listen to every time when I had something to say you know and and not try to look the bright side or to try to distract me you know so just Just to stop a bit and listen to me and, I don't know, take it in, like, a bit. (laughs) And then, like, we would start talking again. And, you know, so this was... And actually, I've been really lucky around uh, all my friends here in San Francisco. Um, I don't know if it's because of the personality of the people. Like, I'm sure in Brazil, people would be would be trying to fix me so much more, you know, especially my family. They would be all around me trying to make me happy, trying to distract me, trying to take me to places. And here in San Francisco, uh, my the friends around me, some of the makers, I, I got uh, the chance to tell them my story. So they were all very kind, supportive, and just like gave me my space, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, it's so important for for all of us just to realize that everyone is in process, right? That we're all fighting hard battles and we're all dealing with these different things in different parts of the process. And there's no magical thing. You know, one thing that really has bothered me in the past is when when people want to make everything better by saying one sentence. You know, like like they've got this one magical sentence that they're going to tell you and it's going to make it all better. And you know, you know, they'll they'll say things like, "Well, you know, he's in a better place." It's like,
1: well, well, that yeah. doesn't help
0: me right now. Yeah. You know, or. You know, and- it would
1: bother me a lot and people would say, like, ah, oh, he was an angel. I'm like, he was not an angel. He was a baby. He had <laughs> right. he had blood. He had right. flesh. You know, like, he was just like any other baby. He was not an angel. He was supposed to be alive. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Know? Like, this is not the plan. That's another thing that bothers me. Oh, well, you know, it's all part of God's plan. Like, really? Like, God planned this? Like, forget that. Like, that's... Ooh, like that guy's messed up you know and like a lot of times we make God the bad guy in these, yeah. these stories you know or, or people will say you know well when God uh, closes a door he'll open a window and it's like well can you show me where that window is because I can like push you out of it right now because I don't yeah. like this isn't helping me you know and so we
1: yeah we tend to or say people would say like oh you are so strong you're going to be much more stronger I'm like I think people don't know what strong means <laughs> because <laughs> One thing is for you to be, like, unsensitive. Like, yeah. I think I lost some of my uh, sensitivity to things, but this doesn't mean that I'm stronger. You yeah. know, it's the opposite. I need to deal with grief. I need to deal with trauma. I need to deal with so much other things that people are not aware of. So this didn't make me stronger. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. And just, again, to re- to realize that people are in process, and it's okay just to, when somebody's sharing these really tough things, to just look at them and go, that really sucks, and I am sorry. And if you need yeah. anything, I'm here. You wanna go to you wanna go get something to eat? That's another thing. I wish people would like stop trying to fix it and just like bring me something to eat. You
1: know? <laughs> like take me out for, for sure. lunch. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know? that's a great advice. Yeah. I think that's that's great. Yeah. And, <laughs> you said everything now.
0: <laughs> and so all right, well let's get kind of back into you know game design. So tell me when All right, so you talked a little bit about the business and kind of how that started, but like walk me through like really the moment and you're like, you know what? I'm going to start a business. Because it's one thing to get into game design to kind of help you process and, you know, it's just something to kind of keep you distracted and all that. But you hit a point and you're like, nope, I'm going to make this a real thing. I'm going to make this a business and I'm going to make stuff and sell stuff and try to make a living off this. And so tell me kind of how that happened as far as, you know, Joga Joy becoming a real life thing.
1: Okay. So, um, like I said, I was, I was, um, I, after uh, so long without being creative or seeing cre- beautiful things, even like products, new products, new games, or anything, I start going to all these shops and galleries and seeing all these things again. And then I, I, I start seeing all these, and I always loved uh, playing cards, like I said. So I start seeing like all these super cool playing card design, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool! It's something that I like so much. I wish I could do something like that." And then and then I knew about Kickstarter even that I didn't use Kickstarter for so long, but like I knew uh, Kickstarter I was like, oh, I wonder if there is any game in Kickstarter. And then I went inside and I suddenly I see like, all these huge, <laughs> yeah there's one co- or two on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huge game community and then I was like, wow, this is so cool. I want to do something like that also. But then I realized that I don't have any experience with business. I never sold anything. I don't know what the bureaucracy it is. I don't know if you can just start making money. You know, I didn't know anything about it. And so then that's that's when... And then, like like I mentioned before, I had this need of creating something with my hands. So when I started uh, creating these games and stuff, I said, you know, I want to sell this. Because I, cause I also would go to all these craft events and... Um, Yeah, like craft fairs, holiday fairs and all that. And I would see so many children, but there was nothing for them. Mm -hmm. Like there was uh, everything, like things for the house, pillows. There was like clothes, there was um, jewelry, there was everything. But there wasn't any games, like anything for kids to actually have fun. Like there would would be like some, um, yeah, some clothes for kids or some decoration for their room, but nothing, any games. So then I was like, wow, there is a hole in the market. (laughs) Um, I like games. I want to do this for a while. So maybe I should just do a company and start participating of these events. And that's what I did. And then I realized that to participate of all these games, you need to have to register your business as a company. Uh, I mean, you need to register your company as a business. And then, and that's when I started seeing that I could do these games, so I need a name for that for this. And then I, I had like this list of like 50 different names. And. Like I always try like I wanted a lot of games that was uh, in Portuguese, but in the same time, they would be hard for people uh, to say it, it here. I wanted something that sounds easy. So and then I, I start asking all my friends like to vote in different names. So we came up with Jogo Joy, yeah, very and then, cool. yeah, and that's how it became a business.
0: Awesome! How long ago was that?
1: This was uh, beginning 2017.
0: Okay, very so, cool.
1: Yeah, so it was like only six months after my my son died.
0: Yeah, and so and now you sell a lot of stuff on Etsy. Is am I remembering that right?
1: Yeah, so I I had all this. Um, all these games that I sell on Etsy and uh, online and also in, in these events. But I I wanted to go back to illustrating. Mm-hmm. I, It was something that was always like part of my job, part of what I like to do, part of what I like to see. So then I, I wanted to go back to illustrating and I wanted also to um, do playing cards and card games again. So then um, after a while working with these games, uh, my most successful games were a memory game with San Francisco landmarks and also a tic-tac-toe with the Golden Gate versus fog. Mm -hmm. That who doesn't, who haven't been San Francisco, we have a really thick fog that um, hides the Golden Gate pretty much mostly of the summer. And our summer is actually cold in San Francisco also. Yeah, that's what
0: I've heard. I've heard I think as a baseball player back in the day he said the coldest winter he ever experienced was the summer in San Francisco. And I was like, that's really exactly. interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The summer like temperatures during the day is around like sixty three, sixty four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the night it gets like to fifties. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I had these two, two games that were very popular. People loved the idea of the Golden Gate fighting the fog and also, like, all the San Francisco landmarks. And then I thought, wow, I, I would love if I could put both of them together. And then everything kind of came, came together. The memory game with the landmarks, the Golden Gate versus fog, and this uh, urge that I had to start illustrating again. So then I had the idea for San Francisco versus fog that it's, uh, it's mostly like for beginners. I still want to focus for uh, my company for uh, family and kids. I have other ideas of more elaborate uh, card games, but I wanted to start with something simple, something that I could manage, something that I could um, test the waters with card game and Kickstarter. So that's why I did this version of The Old Maid.
0: Yeah, very cool. I want to hear a little bit more about your game in a minute. But first, before we kind of get into that, tell me how like starting your own business and running a business has also helped you in this healing process. Like, How has the business side of things also brought some catharsis?
1: So I think mostly for the same uh, – for the distraction. Yeah. The distraction is, is really part of the – of the healing, be able to focus everything. I was also like, I didn't have any experience. So I start going to a lot of, uh, in San Francisco and probably in many other cities, you have all these classes for a uh, small business owners. So I start going to a lot of classes, um, to understand what should I do? What were the requirements to have a business? And all that it kind of brings you back to learning again, you know, to being like a student again and learning new things. So I think learning new things is also really important for the for the this healing process. And and be and, and also like it's empowering to to have your own business. Even that's like my business is not big at all. <laughs> But just like to be able to know that I'm creating something that it's mine and that I have control of it, you know, it's sometimes it's actually most of the time is overwhelming. And I'm also I was especially last year in the stage of. um, Recovering still. So every time like uh, a event was not successful or I would be like a month, two months without selling anything online I, it would put me down. I would, I would get really sad and like, and ask myself why I'm doing this. You know, like I know that this was also because of uh, my emotions were all like, you know, all over the place. But, but yeah. So it was hard in many times. It was not an easy process to uh, start my business. But I think overall it was a super positive experience, and I learned a lot. And I could, and I. I'm still learning because everything is so hard to figure out. Social media, you know, especially when you're doing everything yourself, it's really challenging to learn everything, to learn shipping, to learn um, social media, like I said, to learn marketing, to learn promotion, to learn wholesale, to learn how to speak with um, sales rep, you know, and all these things. So, yeah,
0: Yeah, it's a big learning process. Yeah, there's a huge learning curve in so many of these things. And you know, this isn't something – I wouldn't suggest someone who's going through uh, the grieving process necessarily start a company, right? I, I would definitely suggest, hey, try making some games and all that. But if you want to do the business side, that's a whole other thing. But I'm, I'm really excited for you and kind of the future of what your your business uh, – the future, what the future holds for your company. But also one thing I was thinking about, has it been helpful – to see kids enjoy your games, like is, how has that helped you in this healing process as well you know and or has it been hard you know to kind of play these games with kids? but one thing I thought about was you know if you see a child smiling and laughing and enjoying one of the games that you've created, you know how how much that could be helpful in in this process that you're you're still working through
1: in the beginning, I would like take deep breaths many times when I see this happening, you know. And, um, or for example, I would take pictures of uh my friends' children playing with my games for like social media or something, and I knew that that should be my son yeah. playing with yeah. my games. So there was many hard moments in the beginnings, um, related to this, but I think like in the end of last year and all this year, I'm just so truly happy to see kids having fun, you know, I want to just tell them, that's, that's why I did this company, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's for you to have fun and like, and especially like a lot of times in this, um, usually I see kids playing with my games in, in events. So usually when they come and they come with the pairs and they play together, like my heart's just, just melt. So it's been really rewarding to see, kids playing with my games it, it was a bit hard in the beginning but now like I'm just truly happy to see this happening yeah
0: that's awesome well thank you so much for continuing to do that I know it wasn't hard to keep going that there were a lot of days that you wanted to quit and wanted to give up and, and do something else but you kept fighting and because of that there's some really happy kids now that are playing your games and, and smiling and their families are coming together and so thank you for just kind of fighting through uh this process and and keep keeping on
1: Thank you to all the people that are helping me through this process. I don't think they even realize, you know, that they are helping me, but they are. So thank you to all of everybody that ever bought my game or even like came to my booth and play with my games, you know. And yeah, it's being really helpful. Yeah,
0: definitely. Now, kind of as we close this out, what advice? would you give somebody who, who maybe they're going through a really hard time, whether it's their job, their family, relationships, whatever, they're really struggling, they're grieving, they're, they're depressed, whatever, what kind of advice would you give them that kind of relates to game design and gaming that might just help them just a little bit? You know, it's not going to fix them. It's not going to all of a sudden make everything better and they're happy again, but what advice would you give them kind of as they're in the middle or they're in that process of, of struggle or of pain?
1: It's so hard to give advice because – For my own experience, I know that very few advice really work, Mm -hmm. you know, so I just, what I think what I can say is just like, hang on, like things, they start to get better at one point. It takes, uh, sometimes takes a really long time, but they do get better. And if they're not getting better, there is help that you can, you can always reach out for help. If you don't have help around your friends or family, there are professionals that can help you. But I think it's just like this, everything passes, you know, the good moments pass, but the bad moments, they also pass. And sometimes they leave scars with you, but things get better. We, we learn with everything, and, and we change. We don't get better or worse, but we change. And what we do with this change is what matters.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think also just finding ways to, to give the pain meaning. And I think it's something that you've done really well. Is You went through this very painful time but you found a way to give it some meaning to start a company to to you know to do things that bring joy to people's lives and so you went through that really hard time and it's always going to be terrible like you're always going to look back and go that was tragic and awful and i hated it and it sucked but it led to where i am now it led to the things that i'm doing now the joy on these kids faces their you know their families yeah. coming together these games that have been created you know so there are some good things that have come out of this tragic situation
1: for sure yeah sometimes it's hard for me yeah. to see yeah. that but but yes and it just and like you said like when i see kids playing i see a little bit of my son you know the kids you know and this bring me joy really it brings me happy happiness to to see that this is because of my son yeah. you know and this is the way that he's around me you know all these kids it's bring for me a little bit of him a little bit of his smile
0: yeah Yeah. absolutely what a cool way to kind of honor him right with this with these games and all that well awesome uh so so thankful for your time really appreciate you coming on the show you talked a bit about your game that's on kickstarter right now do you want to say anything else kind of give us the the details about your kickstarter campaign
1: Uh, Yeah, so this is my first Kickstarter campaign and it's been really challenging, I'm also learning a lot, it's much more challenging than I thought it would be, but I'm really glad it's running um, slow and steady, but we are almost reaching our goal, so this is very exciting to see people uh, supporting my game, and yeah, I hope you guys check it out and I hope you like it, it's San Francisco versus Fog card
0: game. Yeah, very cool. And tell me just a couple more details about it, like player count and time and like all the all the details.
1: So this game uh, it's a version of the Old Maid. I don't know if you guys remember playing oh, with yeah. the Old Maid. <laughs> yeah. So you find uh, the matches and the card that doesn't have a match is the fog. So you can play who ends up with the fog loses the game. But there is a lot. there are a lot of fans, uh, Fog fans, in San Francisco. So you can play also, like, uh, who ends up with the Fog wins the game. So it's just a little, uh, it's a very fun game. And I also put uh, different colors in a little tab and different numbers. So you can use the same deck of cards to play other games, like um, Go Fish, like War. Like, uh, pretty much every game that doesn't use Suits. So it's a game uh, focused on children and family play, and usually it's two to six players. But depending on the game that you're playing, for example, if you want to play a really big memory game and just flip all the the cards down, uh, you can play like with much more than six people. So yeah, it's pretty open <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> the possibilities.
0: Awesome, And like I mentioned before, the illustrations look phenomenal. The, the art for the game looks really, really good. You did a great job. Thank that. you so much. Absolutely. Well, hey, again, thank you for your time. Uh, good luck with the Kickstarter campaign. We're about to head over into a bonus round, and we're going to talk about bringing real places to life. One thing is really cool about your game you have you have brought San Francisco to life through the illustrations for the game. I just want to kind of hear your your thoughts and insight on how to do that. Maybe for some other games, because there's a lot of Euro games based on real places that don't necessarily look like the real place. And so, like, how do you how do you really do that effectively? But again, good luck with uh, Jogo Joy Games. Good luck with the company, and uh, good luck with everything else you got going on right now.
1: Thank you so much, Gabe. That was so, so good for me. It's so good uh, to speak with you and speak with your listeners. And thank you so much for that.
0: Thanks for listening. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing.